I don't know why they do this to me. Right before I preach, they always have something like that. Anyway, it's good to see all of you today. Are you happy to be in church? Amen. I'll tell you what, uh, there's no place I enjoy more uh, than being with God's people on Sunday morning in church. Pray with me as we start this part of our service. Father God, we pause right now, and we thank you, Lord, for your presence that we felt here already. I pray, God, that as I speak, that you would use me, use the words that I speak, Lord, to reach people and to uh, glorify you, because it's all about you. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the last few weeks, we've been sharing a new sermon series. We've been talking about uh, a few things, and you've seen our logo that we have. We now have signs throughout the building, and uh, this series is something that we're going to be implementing, uh, the strategy of that for the next, I don't know, probably eight or ten years. No, I'm kidding. But we're going to use it in the future with all the programs that we, that we are going to be doing around here. Number, the week number one, we talked about commitment to a personal and growing relationship with Christ. And I ask you to pray personally, each one of you, to pray as God's leading you as we go forward uh, about your personal relationship with the Lord, but also uh, to share your gifts and where those gifts might fit into our church. And you know what? People have been responding to that. It's been amazing. I met with two people this week who uh, actually said, you know, I've been thinking about this, I've been praying about it, and I really feel like God's calling me to do certain things. And so we joined together and prayed in that. But I want to encourage you to join that as well if you haven't been. Second week, we talked about coming often together here at the church and bringing others and the importance of the local church. Because sometimes I think in the world we live in today, people don't feel that church is all that important. And so we talked about that. Today I want to talk to you, though, about connecting. Connecting by doing life groups with others here in our church. We've been looking at the early church in the New Testament, looking at the book of Acts. And uh, I think that's a good place to start, don't you? Because that's where we see the example of what they did, and it was very successful. Very successful, as you know. The passage of Scripture that I want to read today is uh, Acts chapter 2, the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 46. And here's what it says. The believers had a single purpose, and they went to the temple every every day. They were joyful, humble, as they ate at each other's homes and shared their food. At the same time, they praised God. And had the goodwill of all people. Every day the Lord saved people and they were added to the group. Some interesting things in that passage of Scripture, if you read it slowly. The believers had a single purpose in mind. Have you ever been in a church where they have a single purpose in mind? Have you ever been in a church where they had multiple purposes in mind? It can get a little confusing, can it? Check this out, though. It says, they were joyful and humble as they ate at each other's homes. The same uh, time, they praised God. And the goodwill of all the people, every day, the Lord saved people. You see, when we get on the same page and we're pulling the same direction, God will honor that. We've seen that happen here in our church. Last week, I talked to you about coming to church and bringing others. I don't believe God, God never intended for us to live the Christian life alone. The message of last week and the message of this week are similar, but yet they're different. This week we're talking about specific life groups and connecting in life groups. You ask me, what is a life group? We've called them share groups. We've called them all kinds of different things over the years. But a life group is basically a a group of people that you get together with at some point through the week and you share life and you share your walk with Jesus. 
You know, when we come in here corporately on Sunday mornings, it's a wonderful time. I love it. And I've really loved and enjoyed being able to sit on the front row and worship and, and not have to lead worship at times. It's been great. But there are times in our lives when we need to be with individuals, with group people in a smaller setting. Would you agree with that? Amen? Yeah, absolutely. By the way, if you're a guest here today, we're glad that you're here, as I said earlier, and we want you to be a part of what we're doing. Because we all start somewhere on this spiritual journey, and we're all in need of community. I was watching on Facebook this week as these young people down here in these white t-shirts were down in Jackson, Tennessee. And uh, man, I'm telling you, they were connecting down there. It was amazing to watch them as they were in these groups. I've seen it happen in personal lives in this church where somebody would be standing on the outskirts a little bit, you know, kind of over here as a spectator, and then they step in just a little bit, you know, kind of like this cautiously. And then the next thing you know, they're in a group. Next thing you know, they're, they're leading something. There are groups meeting right now on this campus all over the place, even as we're speaking. You say, why should I join a life group, Kent? Because like I said, we're all on a spiritual journey and we're in different places. We see this in the way that Jesus approached the people in the New Testament. You know, he didn't, he didn't actually confront everybody the same way every time. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 34, it says, When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he was talking to a Pharisee and a scribe, some of the Sadducees, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God, and from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The point of this scripture, coming, not yet, hold that one, go back. The point of this scripture is that Jesus was confronting somebody who had just heard him speak about parables. They were just being introduced to what was going on there. And Jesus got their interest. He spoke in parables, and he raised questions to these people, and they were pretty intrigued. And so as Jesus began to tell this, and as from their questions, from the answers to their questions, he said to them, you're not far from the kingdom of God. It was a first encounter kind of a thing. Now go to John chapter 1. Here's another example, though, where Jesus was talking. And they heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And then Jesus invited John, uh, John, come and you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about 10 in the morning. He was talking to Andrew and John, and they heard Jesus, and they followed Jesus. This was a little further along, this spiritual journey here. You following what I'm trying to say? They were following him. They weren't just at the border. They were following him. And Jesus said, come with, come, come. And follow me. And then there's another passage in Mark. This is another example. After following Jesus for three years, these folks follow Jesus. Here's what Jesus says to them. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Here's the challenge. It goes from an initial encounter And one of the examples that we had to a place where people had been following him for three years, and he's talking about taking up the cross. Where are you in that analogy today? We're all somewhere. We all are somewhere in that that analogy. At this point, that last one, Jesus was just straight up asking him for, for a commitment. So in a small group and by connecting with people, we grow spiritually. I believe that. We used to do that when I was a kid. That's what we'd do in youth group, right? It was kind of a small group. We didn't call it that. We called it youth group. 
And on Sunday mornings, we would meet the hour before church. We didn't call them small groups, but you know what we called it? Sunday school. And in the Southern Baptist Church, as a young man, when we were growing up, we had a group that met on Sunday evenings, and we were called the RAs. And there were a a group that we really liked that met, and they were called the GAs. It was the boys and the girls. But these were groups where you could connect. And I think it's important, and I believe Jesus taught that, that all of us be connected in some sort of a group. Oh, here he goes. He ain't been a preacher but three weeks, and now he's wanting us to get committed. (laughs) You knew it wasn't going to last forever. You knew that, right? Well, the point of this whole thing is that I really believe that we all need connection. We all need a a share group. We all need people in our lives. Some of us want to be islands. Some of us would like that whole concept, but think about it. When you read the New Testament, you see people connecting with each other, and you see the the kingdom of God going out in a mighty way. And it wasn't because somebody was over here as an island, and it wasn't because somebody was over here not committed to the cause of Christ. It was because they were connected and they loved each other. And I want to tell you something today, folks. When you experience the grace of Jesus in your life, you'll never be the same. And it makes you want to share with other people. Amen? It's not out of a religious duty. It's not out of an obligation. It's because you have a passion that you want people to know and experience God. Not that you're any better. Lord knows I've got my faults. You share it because you love the Lord. In small groups, I believe that we grow spiritually. We learn about the Word of God as we grow together. And as you study with others... You'll find answers to the needs in your life through other people. You'll develop close friendships, and they'll last forever. The people that's walked beside you in this journey. You have support in times of major crisis. It's a great witness to the unchurched and to your unchurched friends, and I believe that. I've been involved in small groups one way or the other of one type or another for over 15 years. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm, just t- I'm sharing my testimony with you because it's made a difference in my life. Everywhere that Diane and I had moved over the years, we've been now here in, this area, in Cincinnati for almost 20 years. But prior to that, we were in different places with jobs and things like that. And we would find a church, as I said earlier, and we would connect with people. And immediately, I would find a group of guys that I could get involved with a small group because I didn't know anybody in a, in a, strange, in a new town. I, it was all strange to me. Now, some of you grew up here, and you're related, and you got cousins and relatives, and y'all been coming to church here since, you know, forever. And that's wonderful. I'm, I'm, yeah, I see you guys over there laughing. It's amazing to have that kind of a family thing. But there are, you know, the world we live in, there are people that move into new communities. And so being in a small group is a big thing for us to find help and hope. The benefits of a small group with others is really, really uh, a big deal. We have several people in here over the last two years that have gotten involved in small groups. And they have testimonies to share that. And I want you to watch one of them here as we share this. Hello, my name is Tim Tate. I've been coming to Burlington Baptist for about 13 years. When I was a, what you would call a teenager, and I was pretty involved, played in the bell choir, and uh, 
made a lot of friends. Uh, unfortunately, the church was very divisive. This was my first introduction into church politics. It kind of turned me off of going to church for a long, long time. And uh, as the old saying goes, then I met a girl. And she suggested that, uh, why don't we go to my church, being Burlington Baptist. So we came up a few times. Uh, it was very interesting. I was immediately felt like I was welcome here, but I wanted to get involved. And I met a gentleman that said we were starting a connection group and he knew that I like to ride motorcycles and so does he. So we started uh, the Burlington Baptist Bikers. Uh, it somewhat changed, now we have a lot of people that don't even look at motorcycles, much less ride them, but the variety has done nothing but improve the group. We have all ages in our group. I love every one of them, they're all special people to me and they're there for me regardless and uh, being with this group it gives it's a more personal level I mean I could go to church on Sunday but uh, on Wednesday I feel like I have input uh, we get deeper into the word coming here every Wednesday night it seemed to give it a lot more purpose to my life as I got more and more involved I realized that I wanted to be baptized at this church. And I told Kent some time back that 15 years ago, someone would have told me that I would have been looking forward to going to a Baptist church every Wednesday. I'd have told you, I thought that they lost their mind. <laughs> this is my church. Wednesday night is my church. Amen? Yeah, that's a great testimony. Um, yeah, give God glory. That's what, he, that's what Tim would want you to say. That gentleman there, his name is Tim, and uh, I met him. He used to run through the hallways here on Wednesday night with his kid going to the Awana program, and I thought, who's the Hulk? I mean, this guy's huge, and he's got that mustache, you know, and I was like, man, who is it? The guy looks like the Hulk. Well, then I finally did a little investigating, and I found out who he was, and uh, we did have this conversation. And I invited him. But here's what I want to tell you. Over the course of a couple of years, I've watched the testimony of this young man. He went from a guy that's telling a story like you just heard about church and his image of church. This past winter, he led two or three of the nights he taught. Amen? You see, that's what happens when you get involved now, I don't want to scare you away from getting involved. That really isn't cool right there to tell that, is it, Jeff? They think they're going to have to teach. They may never join a group. I don't know. <laughs> no, you grow, and spiritually, you, you become connected. Uh, Tim works on the weekends, by the way. It's not that he's opposed to Sunday church. I want to clarify that, because he's here when he's not working. But the fact of the matter is, he works every Saturday and Sunday, and he's over there for multiple hours. Uh, he's in the uh, medical field. And we need people serving in those capacities on the weekends, don't we? And so when he's, here, when he's off, he's here at our church, and we're grateful for that. So there are some things in a life group that, that I think are very important. And number one, here's what I want to point out. It's a way to see Christ in others. When my brothers and sisters love and accept me, I feel Christ's love. Amen? When you come into a place and somebody says, you know what, I'm not judging you. Point up here. I'm not judging you. I love you. I care about you. Because I've been there. You feel love. Ephesians 4.32 says this. 
Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. And that's what I said a while ago. When we recognize what God has done in our life to our lives, it makes us a little slower to condemn other people. Amen? And we're not supposed to be doing that anyway. That's, that's not our job. It's not our job to judge other people. Where did that come from? Sometimes in the church, we're guilty of that. Amen? It's not our job. It's not our job. Think about the acts of kindness that you've seen from our fellow Christian brothers and sisters recently. Think about it in your own personal lives. And what has it meant to you? Well, maybe you haven't seen anything. I feel the cr- when you feel the crushing blow in your life from maybe a failure that you've had, and a brother and a sister says, it's okay here, here, it's okay. I've been there. Being in a share group, being at the church is a great place to find forgiveness and know that God forgives you too. As we share life, we find out that we're not alone in confronting life issues. I remember sitting in one of the first share groups that I had. I I have two daughters. One of them is 30-something and the other one's 20-something. I can't ever remember that. Every time I say that, they all make fun of me and tell me that's the wrong ages. So I'm not going to. But anyway, when they were growing up, you know, raising children can be a, a challenge sometimes. And uh, I remember I was talking, and in, in a marriage, it can be stressful sometimes. And I remember being in my group, and what you share in a group is supposed to stay in a group. But I shared my heart about a situation that was going on in my life at that point. And there was an older man who had some more years than I did in marriage. And he shared something with me that day, and it absolutely turned my world around. I learned from him. You see, in share groups, you kind of mentor each other at times. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We share life and we find out that we're not alone in confronting issues. Hey, I'm not the only one that's dealing with this. Woo, I'm kind of normal. Don't push it. This gentleman wasn't talking about something from head knowledge. He was talking about something that he had experienced the same way as a young man. It's kind of nice to have a person that you can talk to. Let me ask you a question. And I don't want to get real personal here, but I I just want you to think about this. Are you growing spiritually? Think about where you were a year ago spiritually. Have you grown over the last 12 months? You know, my, my fear is that sometimes in churches, we join church, we get saved, we get baptized, we join the church, and then we do the same thing for the next 20 years. No? You, you know what I'm saying? As far as we do the same thing and, and, and we're not growing anywhere. We're not reaching. We're not, it's, just, it's not progressing. Why? Because we're not feeding into other people's lives. We're not being fed into our life. Are you showing progress? If we don't grow, we do the same things over and over. And you know what? It's not just as individuals. It's as a church too. Amen? Because you know what? We, we can't do what we did a year ago. I mean, we share the truth, the gospel, but the ways and the means that we reach people, they change. As individuals and as a church, we should be growing. Another reason that we should be in in these life groups, I think, is it's a source of accountability and guidance. We have a place to hear God's word and let the Holy Spirit teach us. Why do we need to hear the word of God? Romans 10, 17 gives us that reason. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. How much time do we spend in the Bible through the week? Now, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you, okay? Because I'm guilty of this. 
the preacher. Yesterday I got called father. I think I've been called all of them now, except maybe one or two. I, you know, I told Reverend and so forth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm a human being too. I try to make quiet time in the morning. I try to do it at some point. Jeff and I talk about this. In fact, me and him even have a little devotional book that we share on occasion. Hey, did you read that one today? Oops, no, let me go look at it, you know. You hold each other accountable. You hold each other accountable by doing that. But reading the Word will change your life. It'll transform your life. Being in a share group, a small group, a life group is a source of accountability. It forces you to grow and be accountable for the commitment that you've made. It's a place to get honest about life and how we feel. A place to hold each other accountable to the teachings of Jesus. I can tell you what, y'all know I'm pretty wound up. You leave me alone and I can get real wound up. Ask Diane, yeah. When you have some people around you that kind of help keep you centered, keep you balanced, it's a blessing to have that, isn't it? Isn't it good to have somebody that you can talk to, that you can vent to, that you can talk to and you know they're not going to run over here and tell somebody else? See, in these life groups, that takes place if they're hitting like they're supposed to. We signed a covenant last year in one of the life groups that I'm in that we would read the entire Bible And some of you are smiling at me because you were in that group. And we were going to read the Bible in chronological order. Some of them have never done that before. And if you've never read the Bible that way, I would encourage you to try it. It's really cool. You read it in the order of the events and the way that it happened. And you can buy those Bibles out there. So we, we signed this covenant. We were going to do that. And I'll never forget, I mean, we were covering about 15 chapters a week. If you're not a reader, that can be a challenge. So some of them got iPads, and they got their uh, the U version of the Bible, and they were using audio on that. You know, man, they were skimming through it really quick. Well, I, this one particular person was doing that, and I was a reader. And he called me, and I was about 15 chapters behind. He said, hey, did you read that today? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> this was like later on up in the evening. And so I got my Bible out, and I read. And that happened on a couple of occasions. And then I did the same thing to others. My point is that we keep each other accountable. We need each other. And that wasn't a judging kind of a thing. It's a thing where you hold each other accountable. Like, hey man, did you read that today? Touch my life. The third reason that I think we need to be in these life groups is it's a place to pray and worship. And you know, when you start these disciplines of reading the scripture, you start these disciplines of praying together with other people. I remember when we started one of the share groups, I had 12 people in this thing and I would say, who feels led to pray? And then none of them, it was like this, man. Nobody's making eye contact with me. You know, I'm like top of all their heads. I'm looking at them. I'm like, really? Nobody's going to pray, man. What are you guys laughing? Is that the way it is over here? I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But as you grow together, you realize, hey, I got a word too. I can say something. And uh, there's a wonderful testament. I'm not going to tell you his name, but there's a gentleman in this church. I met him one of the first ones that I met when I came here, and he, he wasn't a prayer out loud. He was a prayer. I mean, he walked with the Lord, but I would call on him to pray, and he, he was one of the look-downers, you know, would look... And uh, we would go to the hospitals and visit, and, and I'd look over him, he'd go. And uh, two months ago, he called me, and he said, man, it happened. I said, what? He said, I was at the hospital by myself, and they asked me to pray. I said, what'd you do? He said, I prayed. <laughs> and now he's praying all the time. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that wonderful? You can do this, too. Because you're a child of God, you've had an experience with God, you can do this too. Oh, wait a minute now, can't you? You just don't, really? Yes, I do. I know, I know. 
I know you can do this. I believe in you. It's a place to pray and worship. You know what worship is? Worship is our response to God's revelation. And God reveals himself to us through various things, doesn't he? One of my favorite things that he reveals to me uh, is through music. I love it when the Lord speaks to me through a song. It's a beautiful thing. But in these moments, in these share groups, we have those moments of worship together, and we grow together. Romans 12.1, do we have that one? This is what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. It's not just a noun. It's a verb. It's an action thing. It's not by works. It's not faith or works. It's faith that works. Somebody say amen. That's pretty good. Romans 12, 2, the next verse after that says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may discern that you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you're seeking God, he will speak to you. He will teach you. And in these life groups, I believe that he does that. And I believe it's important that we all are involved in that. And then the fourth thing about the uh, life group thing that I, I think is important is that it's a witness of God's love in the world. Part of what we do with life groups, and, and Jeff keeps us on task with this, is every life group once a year has to do an outside activity. Whether it's go give cookies to the policeman, or whether it's to go help a widow, maybe fix her house, maybe paint the house, reach out. I have people call me from time to time and say, I want to help somebody. Well, let me tell you something. Get involved in a life group. You'll be committed with other people, helping friends, helping other people, new friends. And then when you do these activities, you'll be helping somebody. Look at the ministries that we see that witnesses of God's love in the world. Matthew 25, I've gone over there and worked. I know some of you have as well. Wonderful place. Wonderful thing to be in. And here at the church, we have a couple more that we're, we're working on that we're going to be doing. The deacons are going out as well. Yes, I know the church is not perfect. I met somebody this past week that had a bad experience in church, and they said, I give up on the church. And I said, has this been a good experience for you, what you've uh, had here in the last couple days talking with me in terms of about church? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, it cancels out the bad one then. Let's come on. Let's, let's move on. What do you say? Amen? Isn't that the way it should be? I mean, we have bad experiences with everything in life at one point or another, don't we? But it doesn't mean we stop going there or we stop doing that. I've had bad experiences with getting my car fixed, but I still drive a car. Had bad experiences with getting my house fixed, and I still get things fixed. It's just an excuse, folks. It's just an excuse. The church is not perfect, but I believe it's relevant. And I believe that God wants you to be a part of that church. Nothing would make me happier than you to come to this church, but I want you to go where God's leading you. And in these life groups, I want you to think about it. We've prepared these uh, papers out. There's a table out there, and I'm not, I'm not going to put you on the spot in the service. I don't operate like that. I'm not one of those guilt players. But we have a table out there that has all the life groups, and it has some forms on it that we've made specially about connecting and today, if the Lord's stirring your heart, if you've been praying over the last few weeks about what you can get involved in, I'm going to encourage you to go by there. The lady's name is Ann, and she's waiting. 
for you to come by and pick up one of those cards and look at the things that are offered. We have, how many share groups do we have, Jeff? 38. Surely there's something that you could fit into. They're not all motorcycle groups, by the way. I've, I've kind of put that out. There's all kinds of groups. There's crafters. There's all kinds of things that you can get involved in. Amen? The church is a part of the body of Christ. Do you ever think about this? How would you like to live in a, church, in a community without a church? I wouldn't want to do that, would you? That's why we all need to get involved. That's why we all need to follow what God's calling us to do, to be a part of the church. When we establish the church and follow God's will, we can come to this place with great expectation. I believe being connected is important, and it's important to our church family. You are a vital part of that. Amen? You are a vital part. So what will you do today? Same old, same old? Or will you step up? You're worried about the past. You're worried about things that you've done. I want to tell you something. Because you know what? Satan used that on me for 15 years. Satan used that on me about coming the pastor of this church. But I found this out. God's more interested in your future than he is your past. And his grace is enough. Doesn't matter what you've done, he will forgive you. He loved you that much. He sent his son to die on a cross that you could have eternal life. We're going to sing. This is our time of commitment. I'm, like I said, I'm not one to put you into a guilt thing. We're going to sing. If you feel the Lord stir in your heart, I would encourage you to come forward. You can pray here. We've got people that will pray with you. All of these front row would pray. They're so jacked up. They just come out of a revival, man. They're ready to pray. Today. Don't leave here today feeling uneasy. Leave here knowing that God loves you, cares about you. Maybe you're here today and you've got family, and you just want to take communion together. we got tables on both sides. You can come as individuals. You can come as a group. Stand with me as we do this time of invitation.